What's the nature of your emergency? Welcome back to the Tactical Living Podcast. I'm your host, Ashley Walton, joined by Detective Walton. Clint, how are you? I'm good. Clint and I, well, Clint so graciously put on a docu-series with Brene Brown because he knows how much I hate just sitting there and looking at the television screen. And if he put something that would spark my interest, then it would take me away from everything else and allow me to focus in on what he was watching. And it was actually incredible. I want to make sure that we watch the rest of them because I'm assuming there's more of them. And one thing that she talked about that I was not familiar with was the notion of emotion granularity. And we're going to talk about that in today's episode because it's not something that I have ever considered before. And it's certainly not something that most of us ever think about. And Brene's specialty is focusing in on shame and guilt. And she has revolved her entire being around studying the notion of us feeling those those emotions. And in this particular episode, she was talking about the emotions that we feel and experience. And she said that they surveyed 7,000 people and they asked them overall, what emotions do they ever feel? Like, what are the main emotions that we could ever feel? And it, it was so surprising because people only came up with three emotions. It was happy, sad, or pissed off. (laughs) And that's not the part that I thought was astounding. The part that I thought was astounding was that she went on to talk about how we'll sit there and we'll spend a great deal of time going through our list of emojis to try to find the right emoji that matches the emotion for the text message that we're sending or the posts that, that we're getting ready to post. And somebody in the audience commented that he spends half the time texting and then half of the other time just choosing the right emoji. And it's it's crazy when you think about that because it goes to show the shift in technology and how our minds are being conditioned to be so in sync with everything technological that we're disconnecting from things at a holistic and a human level. Yeah, and I can really see this and I put myself in those shoes when I'm looking for the correct emoji to represent that emotion at that time. But I have my little list of favorites that I always use and that's my go-to. It's not only that, but sometimes I'll text you and then I'll look to see if you've read it or if you're texting me back and I'll see the little dot, dot, dot. But then on iPhones, it shows you if someone's getting ready to send a GIF or or whatever you call them. And then I'll see the little dot, 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 like three <laughs> minutes later. So it's like you're sitting there trying to find the the right. I For the for the GIFs I find, or the GIFs, whatever they are, <laughs> I, I those ones I do spend a lot more time on because I like sending funny ones that match my mood. <laughs> and that goes with the same theme of what we're talking about. Mm-hmm. Because we feel like we need to have the the perfect element of emotion that can only be depicted through an emoji or through a, a one second little video clip. Yeah. And we have a difficult time being more expressive with our words. And that's one thing that I loved that Brene Brown talked about was that we only have the emotion through our words. And what that means is if Clint is pissed off about something and 
he can't verbally express that to me through his words. And I'm in the dark about it. I'm never going to know how he feels. And then it's as though that emotion never existed in the first place because I never knew that it did. And I'm just using Clint as an example. And Clint ran from it and didn't face that emotion and pushed it down, which we all so often do, that we need to learn how to use our words and to be more intellectual when it comes to understanding our own feelings and then being expressive with our feelings. And one way to do that, of course, is to read, right? The, the more that we allow intellectual material to pour into our minds, the more that we have the ability to come up with the words. And she did this practice with the audience where she showed these clips of different scenes from movies and cartoons and shows. And she asked people to name the, the things that they were seeing in terms of emotion and to break it down to where it wasn't just happy, sad, or mad, but to get deeper and to come up with the most descriptive words possible. But we're limited at our capacity based on what we know. So if we don't know that a certain word exists, then we don't know how to properly describe the feeling and emotion that we're having. And she's finding that that's one of the biggest ills when it comes to having shame and guilt. I bought a dictionary that gives me all of the root words, the Latin and Greek root words, because I'm now finding the importance of understanding where words come from and what the deeper meaning is. It always seems incredibly interesting to me when somebody talks and I hear them say a word that's so common, but then I hear them say, and the root word for this is, and the true meaning for this is, you know, I expressed this when I talked about the word hero in the context of the work that we do. And most first responders will shy away from that 100%. But when you explain to a first responder that the word hero actually means to protect, to have the strength for two, then it doesn't seem so bad. It seems something that you want to wear with that badge of honor. But we're limited because we don't allow ourselves to further dissect what the, the meaning of words are. And I know that it was something that seemed boring back in elementary school and in junior high and high school, but I think that it's something that we should find important and more relevant today in our adult lives. Yeah, I think it's very important. And I'm definitely guilty of not diving deeper into the realm of words. But it is something that I, I'll throw random words out there every so often. And Ashley, it's like, where did you pull that word out of? Is that even a real word? And to me, it is. <laughs> so I, and I don't know if it is or not, but it's that represents my emotion or my feeling at that moment. I'm not just saying I'm feeling happy right now. I'm saying that was a Piccadilly of an incident, wasn't it? <laughs> and she, she just shakes her head at me, but, uh, but I find those things for myself to kind of break out of the norm with it. And the way to do that, even if let's say that you're using that as an excuse, I don't have time or I'm guilty of this, like grabbing a fucking book from Amazon and sticking it in your truck and then reading it when you're waiting in line at Starbucks, like, there's no excuse, right? We always have ways to be able to do the things. Just sometimes we have more excuses than reasons why we want to do them. But in instances like that, especially when we're not able to come up with quite the right word, and whether we're discussing something with somebody else or we're having that inner dialogue discussion with ourselves or journaling, 
then I think that by saying I'm sad, stopping and allowing ourselves to get more descriptive with that. Well, what does sad mean? How does sad feel? If sad had a color, what color would it be? If sad had a texture, what texture would it be? And allowing yourself to dive in and to ask yourselves these, these hard questions. If sad showed up in one place in your body, where would that be? Why would it be in that spot? And we forget, we forget to do these things. We forget to self-actualize and we forget to become closer with ourselves that it's hard for us to do that. It's very hard and it takes time and patience. Anything that requires mental work is never easy. But the cool thing about that is on a neurological level, we're always looking for patterns. So the more that we challenge ourselves to do these types of mental exercises, the more that we are naturally going to be inclined to seek out an additional pattern that can become parallel so that we continue to do that thing even more. But it starts with us actually doing it, (laughs) setting a reminder on our phones if we need to, or setting up a personal algorithm. If this happens, then I'm going to do that. If I start, and maybe we're just starting with one emotion. If I feel pissed off, then I'm going to go into the bathroom if I'm at work and sit in there for 10 minutes, let people think what they will, (laughs) and allow myself to dissect what it means to feel pissed off. And you do that one single emotion for the next three months, and then you move on to another one. Because being more descriptive with ourselves allows us to better learn about ourselves, and then it allows us inadvertently to connect better with other people. And then to be able to be able to identify that emotion in other people, which I think is all the more important, especially if you are working in a a high level or high risk career, because we need more people who are acting as warriors for the identification of problems. We're so fed up with seeing these statistics of suicides continue to increase. But what would happen if you were that one single person who helped to intervene by simply asking if somebody else was okay because you saw a quality in them that you've once seen in yourself. That is huge. It could literally be the difference between life and death. It absolutely could. And and I'm sitting here thinking, I always self-reflect during these episodes and, and start thinking of, my approaches and things, and that can make a world of a difference. And and I always say this when I'm doing public speaking events or going to different places, and it's I'm not expecting to change the mindset of the group. If I change the mindset or have an impact on one individual person during that event, that's a huge win. Yeah, and when we micro things down in that way, that's when we actually achieve success. We think that success is achieving the totality of something, right? Like winning the girl. But what if all you did was to win a yes to a date? That is the win. That is literally the win. And I think when we micro things down in that way and we allow ourselves to become more introverted so that we can then have some retrospect and understand the world more, then it allows us to just be better humans overall. So I hope you've gotten some value out of today's episode. Do us a favor, drop a review, subscribe down below, and I'm going to drop a link below to some of Brene Brown's content. Um, As always, know that I'm sending you a long, tight hug from my home to yours.